Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Trevor Davis, the wealth coach here at Total Wealth Academy. Welcome to the show. As always, at 1 p.m. Wednesdays, you are on the radio with me. And if you want to reach out and start a conversation about anything regarding what we teach here at Total Wealth Academy, real estate, or otherwise, call us at 281-558-5738, or you can send me an email, trevor at totalwealthacademy.com. Now, of course, always want to start off with our quote, which is, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change which was said by Albert Einstein. And that's something that I want us to approach on a 24-hour basis in the sense that with the same 24 hours that you get, that your spouse or significant other gets, that your kids get, that your neighbor gets, that the person that you consider to be the biggest success in the world gets, Find something that you can change for the better so you can go to bed a success tonight. One small thing that may seem insignificant, but find something that you can change for the better today and you'll be able to go to bed with that satisfaction and that success. Today I want our show to focus on the mechanics of purchasing a single family property. This is something I want to function as an introduction that will help people understand what exactly is going on when they make a deal. And also, if this is something that you want to pursue further, you can come out to us and visit us at one of our free sample classes. If this ends up being something that you want to be a part of, you can become a member with us and we'll be happy to have you. But in any case, I want to put it out there to give some general knowledge and some updated facts so you can move forward with better information. Now, really the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about what is it that I can give to people to improve their current financial position. And one of the things that I found most helpful is to approach your personal residence not so much as a traditional asset, but your personal residence as an expense. Because overall, if you're going to do it right and you're going to get refinancing events, you're probably going to make some money, but the net is not going to be anywhere near as significant as if you were renting this property out or doing a flip on it. Of course, it's a completely different ball game than renting, which is effectively that's going to be just a raw expense. You don't get any tax benefits from being a renter. That expense is not being contributed at all to equity in the property, and you don't own the property, so you're not going to be able to make any profit off of the sale in any case. So it is a significant upgrade, but we have to make sure that we're not labeling our personal residence as a traditional asset. A full-on asset is something that is designed from the get-go to make you money and makes you money 
almost with uh, immediately. I mean, you should be able to identify the fact that when you purchase this property, you're going to be getting equity capture and you're going to be able to get rental income the month or two after it hits the market. And especially here in Houston, if it's going to sit unrented for more than a month, there's something very, very wrong there that you're going to have to really, really look at and reconsider. And really, that probably just means you are charging too much rent. You may have gotten bad information or you may have gotten a little greedy there and you did not rent it at the correct rate. If something is priced correctly, it's going to move for exactly what it is. If it's not the correct price for what it is, people are not going to want to purchase it. They're going to move on because the option next door that is priced correctly for what it is is going to be the one that they're going to go with. There's always competition in a free market system like the one that we use here. Now, looking at the personal residence, that biggest piece of information that I want people to know about is to shop for your mortgage. Shop for your refinancing options. Don't just go to your bank and say, you know, if you bank with Chase or you bank with Bank of America and say, well, that's where you get a mortgage, right? That's where I got my mortgage, so that's where I should go to refinance, and that should be the first place I go to whenever I'm looking to purchase investment real estate. They may end up having the most competitive rate, but you're not going to know that for sure unless you've gone through a mortgage broker like the lenders that work with our members here at Total Wealth Academy. My recommendation for people is to go through a third-party mortgage broker and they're going to shop all of the different options that you qualify for including the traditional bank options what that's going to do for you is figure out where can you get the best interest rate where can you get the most competitive fees to close that particular loan where can you get the most logical terms that doesn't do anything ridiculous outside of a traditional 30-year 15-year mortgage and for most people the 30-year mortgage is going to be the most practical payment wise and especially if you're going to be doing your refinances correctly, there's not a whole lot of good reason, in my opinion, for most people, and let me be clear on most people, to do a shorter period than 30 years. That's typically the best thing for most people, the best deal for the vast majority of Americans. And something I always have to tell people, too, is that if you've ended up paying off your house entirely, are you billless at that point? No, you are not at all billless at that point because Uncle Sam still wants his cut. There are property taxes on these houses. And in Texas, you'll hear a lot of people belly aching about Texas property taxes because they're relatively high in the United States. Well, we don't have a state income tax. That's a huge plus. And ultimately, the difference that we pay with our higher property taxes still does not come close to the difference in tax rate that most people experience with personal state taxes. So, bellyache about as much as you want. 
But the reality is that's actually a very large savings for most people when you compare to a normal state that has state income tax. And of course, we see taxes going up and down. And I only ever hear about the people that say their taxes are going up. But my taxes have gone down over the last two years. And there's not the people that are coming out to complain about it. So there's a bias in terms of what we're hearing as well. Uh, This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show, y'all. I'm going to be back with more tips for single-family properties when we get back. So stay tuned. money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, wealth coach here at Total Wealth Academy. If you want to come up and meet us, we have our free sample class tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. All you have to do is go to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash class and reserve for that class, which I will be doing live. And it is also available online if you cannot make it. Um, Typically, our classes, whenever it rains here in Houston, are kind of small so that happens sometimes if you end up deciding you want to stay in that is an option for you as well now we're talking about tips and that tip to recap what we just discussed shop for your mortgages do not just go to the bank do not just go to your credit union you have to shop for your mortgage if somebody thinks they have a monopoly on your knowledge and intention they're going to run you through the ringer. They're not going to give you the best deal. That is unfortunately a bad habit that humans are um, susceptible to. So that's just universal. Don't let yourself be that victim that doesn't decide to literally just go to Google or go to DuckDuckGo and search for a broker for your mortgage. Type in Houston lenders, Houston mortgage brokers, find somebody that can find you the best possible mortgage. And as I mentioned, our members get access to some of the best people in Houston. And by some of the best, I mean the actual best. Because these lenders are the most competitive, the most active. Volume-wise, the reviews are astronomically good. And if they do not treat you right, Guess who's going to hear about it? We're going to hear about it, and we're going to give them a piece of our mind. So there's definitely a little more interest there for them to treat you well and give you the most competitive rates. So if that's something you want to be a part of, that's a huge plus to our members here at Total Wealth Academy to get access to those folks to say, this is a deal I'm looking at. This is what I'm wanting to purchase it at. It could be for an investment. And importantly here, this can be for your personal residence as well. This is another thing that I emphasize to our members is that 
if you're looking at these assets, don't forget that you want to get the best possible deal on your home too. We just made it clear that the home is not a traditional asset, but you don't want to make a huge loss on it just because it's not a traditional asset. If you end up being able to make money on your personal residence too, significantly so, then that's 100% what you should do. So while it's not a traditional asset, I'm going to say with the liability approach accounted for, ultimately you should treat it as a semi-asset so that you're thinking about ways to make money with it and being a little more strategic with some of your home improvement choices. Uh, that's a big pet peeve of mine. I understand that people want to upgrade their space in a way that makes sense to them, but if you know you're not going to live in this house forever, and especially, practically speaking, you know you're going to move sometime in the near future, don't put in some extremely specialized update slash upgrade or what most people might not be able to consider an upgrade that's something you end up having to take out and ends up taking a bunch of money out of your pocket. Balancing act there, if it's something that you need to be happy, you ha you should still do it, but don't do something ridiculous like mismatch paints, poor cabinet choices, poor flooring choices, just all sorts of different floorings in there. There, There's just all things under the sun you see in houses that are not correctly remodeled and upgraded. So just keep in mind, before you decide to do an upgrade, what is the value I'm going to get on this property whenever I end up selling it? Just a little something to balance it before you end up deciding to put a water slide out your roof and go through your garage to your pool or something something like that because I've seen stuff like that as well. Now, when you're looking at investment specifically, something that one thing that people just do not know about in general that I still scratch my head at at the fact that it's just this very very unknown thing, it's not popular it's barely mentioned. I never hear it outside of the real estate world. It's the hard money loan. And if you're a member, you know all about this loan. But if you've never heard about it, well, you've never heard about it and you don't know how to take advantage of that. The lenders that I mentioned are people that not only handle conventional loans, but also these hard money loans. What exactly is a hard money loan? A hard money loan is a loan that is given to you that allows you to fund the purchase price of the property you're looking at and the rehab and any other expenses that come up specifically because they're going to give you up to 80% of the house's ARV after repaired value. Average, they're going to give you 75%. So nice easy round numbers let's say the ARV is going to be the $200,000 house that we talk about during the free sample class that we did out in Katy this $200,000 house allowed us to get a hard money loan for 150,000 so that's 150,000 that gets released to you in stages during the rehab process and then anything that comes up past that 150,000 expense wise is what your total out of pocket will be so if your entire project from beginning to end to refinance costs 150000 what would be your out-of-pocket for this deal? 
literally zero. Now let's just make it clear though in case you don't know about the high market and you don't know about how it's affected real estate out-of-pocket costs normally you're looking at in this high market between thirty to forty thousand dollars that's been the normal thing that I've seen for these single-family deals when during the transitional markets it's more like twenty to thirty and during the bottom of the bottom down markets you're looking at ten to twenty thousand dollars and many many times less than ten thousand dollars out of pocket to get a deal done every single deal is different but if you're going to leverage that property with a hard money loan your out of pocket is going to be astronomically less the KD property ended up having an out of pocket of just over twenty thousand dollars if we had decided to not use a hard money loan and go cash what you're going to end up doing is spending the purchase price all cash plus the rehab and that already was going to hit a hundred and sixty thousand dollars so the question becomes if you can purchase a house total project out of pocket for twenty thousand dollars how many houses can you get with a hundred and sixty thousand dollars to invest eight and if they're less you could get more but with eight houses in your portfolio versus one that's a significant equity capture difference because you've got all of this value now in your portfolio do you have mortgages on these properties do you owe money on these properties do you have debt yes but because you leveraged it correctly and transferred that into a conventional loan you were able to get eight properties instead of just one now a really really hard thing I've had to deal with with some people is getting out of the mindset and I should say that I have not been successful in doing this with anybody yet which has been a couple of people um, unfortunately and I've really really tried my best but I've talked to people that are insistent on purchasing a property full cash that do not want to get any debt whatsoever on an investment property now there is somebody out there and there's a lot of people out there really that say all debt is bad you should never be in debt you need to avoid debt like the plague if you're in debt in any situation that is bad 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 but we argue that that's not the case that's not true if you're gonna leverage your money correctly and you've got a renter in there paying your mortgage each month and you're making cash flow on top of that what does it matter that there's a mortgage there and as I briefly mentioned in the first segment do you not owe anything on the property if it's paid for purchase price and cash <laughs> no absolutely not because you have to pay Uncle Sam every year with your property taxes you have to pay insurance every year unless you're so averse to that that you would somehow scam the insurance company and not have an insurance policy on your house and you want to pay out of pocket in case it burns down like that doesn't make any sense 
So aren't you going to have to fix the house sometimes? That's stuff you technically owe on the property. Maintenance is part of taking care of a house. That's stuff you're going to owe on the property. You can't just say that somehow you're going to be able to pay a huge chunk of cash and never have to do maintenance on it because you fixed everything up front. That's not how... That's not how machines work. That's not even how humans work, for goodness sake. Everything wears, everything tears, everything breaks down, and especially if they're not maintained well, they break down faster. A house that has been paid off is still a debt. You still owe money to the government every year, you owe money to the insurance, and you're going to have maintenance. So given the reality that you owe money on the house no matter what, why in the world would you just want to pay all of your money that you have to invest on one single house when you could purchase eight houses or right around the neighborhood of eight houses with that $160,000? Or more, of course. I mean, if you're a millionaire already, this is something that you could do and buy many, many houses for. And that's great. But for the rest of us, we're looking at this type of investable capital, and that's astronomically better to get eight houses versus one, in my humble opinion. And again, I have not converted anybody to that. I think there is a lot of serious um, mental blockage on that, maybe some ego involved. I don't really know, and I'm not really going to make a judgment call on that. But at a certain point, you have to say, look, I wish I could help. I wish I could give you the information, but I cannot advise anybody to ever purchase a property full of cash like that. And that's not something I can ever encourage anybody to do ever. Um, Folks, we are going to go to the halfway point break. Once we get back, as promised, I'm going to continue giving y'all tips on pursuing single family investments. Stay tuned, y'all. market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Trevor Davis here, continuing with the tips on moving forward and really getting into some of the stuff that I think is most important to understand when even considering this to begin with, because real estate is not a one-size-fits-all type of investment. It is not for everybody. I think it is still the most effective way for most people to make money and build wealth for the long term. And I think the facts support that. But ultimately, even with the best facts that support how good it is, even with the fact that it could be the easiest thing in the world, humans don't all do the same things no matter what. And we're certainly not all doing the same things at certain age ranges either. So even if it was like everybody got into real estate whenever they were younger or older, there's also that to consider 
it's not really how humans work though we don't all want to do the same things and I just want people to understand that real estate is something that has its challenges has its pitfalls and if you want to avoid these pitfalls you need to talk to people that are familiar with how it works how to do it correctly and quite frankly have fallen to some of those pitfalls and mistakes themselves I've done it my dad has done it everybody that you see on the wall here that's an operator syndicator has done it sometimes things do not work out and there are things though that are in your control versus not in your control and one of the things that I like about real estate is that as a business almost all of the time you can learn from a mistake that you made this is not something that's just going to go up and down like the stock market you can learn something and realize that hey I didn't leverage my business skills enough I didn't lead well enough I didn't put my foot down enough or I didn't do this analysis correctly or I got this bid wrong or I just didn't get the best information from the best possible people to begin with when you're talking about purchasing a property rehabbing a property you need to make sure that you're going to get a contract signed with your general contractor you have to sign a contract with your general contractor that stipulates the time frame that the project is going to need to be completed let's say it's two months and then after you've agreed on the practical time frame for it and you've been able to verify that this is indeed a practical time frame for this expectation then what is the penalty for non-completion it could be something like hundred and fifty dollars a day that says if this project goes past this time each day that it is not done hundred and fifty dollars will be deducted from the final payment because you never ever ever pay a contractor in full up front I don't think you should really ever do that as much as possible when it's a project that's going to require a significant amount of time you cannot pay everything up front typically what happens is you'll do something like 30 percent up front they get started 30 percent after the halfway point and then 40 percent at the end when everything is all said and done the property is clean everything is correct it's been tested you've done a final walkthrough and all of the notes from the final walkthrough have been a correctly fixed all of that has to go step by step and with the hard money loan with the lender that's working with you they're automatically set up for that structure so that actually works hand in hand with the lender and they're going to be happy to help you every single step of the way in terms of getting what you need to have whenever you need to do your pulls for the hard money loan to get the next part of the project financed through the hard money loan now with that penalty just make sure that it's abundantly clear with the relationship starting that this is the approach that you take you sign a contract you expect this type of performance you expect reasonable cleanliness not to be disruptive to the neighborhood unreasonably just common sense expectations that you are ha that you have under contract that can be enforceable so 
if you ever have trouble with the contractor, you have the agreement that shows what, what y'all literally came to terms on, and you've got your butt covered, above all for time frame. Do not pay somebody up front 100% to start a project, and do not give any substantial amount of money to somebody without signing the contract that stipulates what's going to happen if they don't finish on time. Do not give tens of thousands of dollars to somebody that's not going to sign on the dotted line and guarantee that they're going to deliver on your hard-earned money that you're giving them to do this specific task. Don't ever do that. The two big mistakes that we're going to talk about with rehab have to do with air conditioning and foundations. Now, these are two things I bring up during the sample class all the time because I've seen tons of people make these mistakes from all levels of expertise in real estate. But when we're talking about living in the city of Houston, I mean, what's, what's the temperature outside in our city right now? What exactly is, let's see, let's take a look. 97 degrees with a high of 100 today. So everybody knows we live in a hot city in Houston. So how many of you have been in a house or apartment that had a broken air conditioner? That's a pretty sucky experience when you come home from work and it's 85, 86 degrees in your house with no moisture control, by the way. One of the main things that AC does is it removes humidity to make the air in the house drier, to make it easier to cool and make it more comfortable by default. So your house is humid, it's 85 degrees, it feels like a swamp, it feels like you just walked out, you just walked in the same stuff you just walked out of. Not pleasant. Now imagine what the mistake of somebody who doesn't fix the air conditioner in their rental unit. Let's say somebody decides to purchase a property, looks at the whole property, and identifies everything that needs to be fixed. But they get to the air conditioner, and it's a little bit ambiguous because it's about 10 years old, maybe 12 years old, one part's 12, the condenser could be 12, the blower heater inside could be 10. It looks to be okay, and it seems to be functioning well now, but if you are going to be using this for a rental, you need to make sure 100% that this is going to be an air conditioner, air conditioner that's going to run through summer without problem. Best laid plans, folks. Yeah, I get it. But you can't ignore your AC units. Look at your rental air conditioner inside and out. An inspector is going to take a very general look at the whole pro property. So you want to get a professional air conditioner to come out and look at this AC. And maybe they'll charge you like 50, 100 bucks to get that done. 100% because if you're able to see that the Freon levels are good, the condenser is clean, maybe they clean the condenser for you. Your voltages are all there. The blower inside works fine. The heater works fine. There's nothing out of the ordinary. And they check the drip line. There's nothing clog clogged up in there. That's something that you're going to be able to move forward with. 
But somebody that's going to ignore the AC and end up putting a renter in there, who's going to be calling them in the middle of summer? When it's August 3rd, and it's almost 100 degrees out, and your renters come home from work, and it's 85 degrees in the house, are they going to be happy calling you? Absolutely not. Having somebody call you to get an AC fixed is not fun. It is not cool. It is an absolute buzzkill. Don't put yourself in that position. So avoid that by fixing your air conditioners, especially when it's a rental. And that's a plus, too, with your flips. I mean, if you're going to be doing a flip, it's already on your radar anyway to get a brand new air conditioner in there. But I highly suggest that for your rentals as well, fix the air conditioner completely. Even if it's just a bright new condenser on the outside, that's what most people see. So they look at it and they're like, ooh, a nice new condenser looks great. But that single-handedly is the biggest thing that I notice a lot of people avoid. But it's the biggest thing you can do to make your life as a landlord as easy as possible here in the city of Houston. Um, Going to the final break, folks, once we get back, the final bit of tips I got for you with single-family real estate. Stay tuned, y'all. joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Our final segment today of Trevor Davis's TWA Wednesday radio show. We just talked about the air conditioner. To recap, get your ACs fixed here in the city of Houston. Do not skip that on the mistaken idea that it's just a rental. You should be extra sure that your AC works because it is a rental. If you want your tenants to be the happiest tenants in Houston... They want to have an AC that works. That is the number one amenity and is therefore the number one complaint that people complain about in Houston is when the AC in the house does not work. And what do you think causes the most strife between tenants and landlords here in Houston? Amenity-wise, air conditioners, what's the main reason they want to move? AC was not working. Don't be the landlord that makes that mistake. Keep your tenants happy by keeping them cool here in the city of Houston with an awesome AC condenser, an awesome AC system inside, a nice thermostat. They are the ones that are paying their electrical bill. So if they decide they want to run it a lot, that's really up to them. It doesn't really matter a whole lot. It's A normal system is supposed to get 20 degrees cooler than the outside. That's the expectation. So... Really, most people are getting more than that because our AC systems are so efficient these days. But if that's what they want to do, that's not really the most harmful thing to the system. Just make sure you're doing your maintenance each year. Clean the condenser. Clean out the drip line. Um, The drip line specifically was what happened with my house, my personal residence. The condenser was not turning on outside because the drip line had clogged. It was basically filled with just corrosion from the drip pan it 
was almost like basically wet um, cardboard and paper texture. What's this rust? It's a very, very odd material, but cleaned it out, maintain it, just put some bleach down there, let it soak, run some hot water through it, really runs everything out. Just simple stuff like that to maintain it. And if you're going to be the person that's wise on maintenance, it's going to set you apart maintenance cost-wise significantly from the people that just ignore it and then wait to replace it and spend thousands upon thousands and thousands of dollars. So regular maintenance ends up saving you a ton of money in the long term. Very wise decision to make as a landlord. The other big one that I talk about is the foundation issue. A house here in Houston is probably going to be built on clay soil. And clay soil is not hard and it likes to absorb water. And with us being in a wet area, we get a lot of clay soil movement. Whenever we decided that the best thing for our foundations cost-wise and stability-wise was to just basically dig a giant hole, fill it up with concrete, flatten it out, and run our plumbing through it, there's pros and cons. Big pro, it's cheap, and it is indeed very effective, but con, whenever the soil moves, that's going to start moving as well. And whenever there's enough movement on one side, that tension has to be released and you get cracks. And the higher up in the house you go, the more dramatic the cracks become. You need foundation work at your property. Okay, what's the first thing most people are going to do? They're going to go to a foundation repair company. Now, there's nothing wrong with the foundation, foundation repair companies themselves, but what they're going to do is they're going to sell you peers, as many peers as humanly possible. And just like with the big financiers and the banks that are going to not give you the best deal because they can tell you don't know any better, it's going to be the same deal here as part of bad human nature and practices. But they're going to take a look at a property, they're going to do their analysis, and they're going to do their elevations. And let's say they tell you, you need 30 piers. It's leaning on this whole side, and it's going to need a full 30 piers to get fixed. And that's a substantial project. Because if you're looking at 30 piers, and each pier could be right around 350 to 400 bucks normally if it's 350 bucks that's $10,000 and 500 $10,500 project so that's a very very large project in my humble opinion and that's quite a bit for most people as homeowners and you're not really expecting to do something like that on something that's just some your foundation is just tilting you know, roofs are costing around there $7,000, $8,000, $9,000, but that's a big project. But let's say, for example, that instead of going to the foundation company first, you hired an engineer, a foundation repair engineer, for literally the cost of a single peer from the average foundation company. The person that I got from my personal residence charged $450. So 
350 400 $450 is about the average price of a peer, single peer here in Houston. And he literally started from the middle of the house, that's where it's stable, and then you see the elevations as you go through the house. And as it turned out, yeah, I could get foundation repair on the house, but in my own discretion, it does not seem significant enough, mainly because the area that I thought was tilting was not tilting. And there wasn't enough movement that I could see that indicated that there was really damage being done. So I decided not to pursue the foundation repair because I didn't really need it. But I saw that there was some elevation changes and if it ends up moving more, I can literally take this elevation report to a new elevation report and be like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, this is definitely shifting. This is definitely clear proof that with this continuation, it's going to need full foundation repair. That makes sense. But if you already know 100% that your house needs foundation repair, get somebody to come out for four and four and fifty bucks to make that foundation repair plan. And let's say you're going to need 15 peers total, and we're looking at that 350 price times 15. That's of course 5,250. So that is going to save you half the cost of the foundation repair and then of course you need to add on your 450 to get the engineer out there so you're saving a little less than half yeah technically but for the foundation repair itself that was a half savings and oddly enough that's not even the most extreme example I can bring up because at my last flip property they and by they, I mean one foundation repair company that I got a bid for. This was after I already had an engineer come out. And we identified that this property needed a total of 18 piers because it was leaning in one single corner. Okay, got it. This is what it needs to be fixed to stabilize. One foundation repair company came out and completely ignored the foundation repair report prepared by this professional engineer and they told me that I needed to put foundation repair piers around the entire perimeter of my foundation now for those of us that understand what happens when an object physically is leaning in one direction it's not leaning in a bunch of different directions at once as ridiculous as it feels to have to say that, they somehow thought that after getting a professional engineer report that I was going to agree that the house was leaning in all directions all at once, like somehow only the center was stable and everything else was just peeling downward. That didn't make any sense and the foundation report indicated that that was not accurate. If somehow your entire foundation was sinking straight down, maybe, but that's a whole different story. The idea that I needed to have my entire perimeter foundation repaired made no sense. And they were literally going to charge me right around $40,000 to get that project completed. And I was able to get that project done total for right around 15,000.
So, yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But that just really shows you, and that, that really solidified for me how people will try to take advantage of you if you do not know any better. You have to be very, very cautious and judicious when it comes to getting these quotes done and sometimes just reaching out and asking for a third-party opinion from somebody that's got that experience. That's got to be my favorite thing to help my members on. I love when members call and ask something skeptically that they heard, and I can give them that input to get them moving in the right direction. So, folks, if you want to reach out and come out to Total Wealth Academy, we have a class tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. It's our free sample class. You have to sign up at TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash class and meet us. If you have any questions, send me an email, Trevor at TotalWealthAcademy.com. And thank you all so much. I hope this helps, and I'll see you all next Wednesday. Thank you. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.